Part two, chapter eleven of Bonaventure, a prose pastoral of Acadian Louisiana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Bonaventure, a prose pastoral of Acadian Louisiana by George W. Cable. Part two, chapter eleven Light, Love, and Victory. The bell tapped, and they came forth to battle. There was the line there was the leader the great juncture of the day was on him was not here the state's official eye did not victory hover overhead his reserve the darling regiment the flower of his army was dressing for the final charge there was claude next him sidonie and etienne and madeleine henri and marceline all waiting for the word the words of eight syllables supreme moment would any betray banish the thought would any fail he waited an instant while two or three mothers bore out great armfuls of slumbering or fretting infancy and a number of young men sank down into the vacated chairs then he stepped down from the platform drew back four or five yards from the class opened the spelling-book, scanned the first word, closed the book with his finger at the place, lifted it high above his head, and cried, "'Claude, Claude, my brave scholar, always perfect. Are you ready?' He gave the little book a half-whirl round, and dashed forward toward the chosen scholar, crying as he came, "'Ineradicability!' Claude's face suddenly set in a stony vacancy, and with his eyes staring straight before him, he responded, I N in E in e rad R A D rad in e rad in e radi in e radica C A ka in e radica Ineradicabili, B I E L L Y, Billy, Ineradicabili, Ineradicabili, T Y T, Ineradicability. Write, Claude, my boy, my always good scholar, write. The master drew back to his starting place as he spoke reopened the book, shut it again, lifted it high in air, cried, Madeline, my dear child, prepare, whirled the book and rushed upon her with, Indefatigability. Madeline turned to stone and began, I, N, in, D, E, de, in de, in de fat, in de fat, fat, f a t fat, in de fat, in de fatty, i, t y, in de fatty, in de fatty ga, g a ga, in de fatty ga, in de fatty ga billy, b i e l l y, billy, in de fatty ga billy. T Y T, indefatigability. 
Oh, Madeline, my child, you make your teacher proud, proud, my child. Bonaventure's hand rested a moment tenderly on her head as he looked first toward the audience and then toward the stranger. Then he drew off for a third word. He looked at it twice before he called it. Then, Sidonie, ah, Sidonie, be ready, be prepared, fail not your humble school-teacher. In come, he looked at the word a third time and then swept down upon her, Incomprehensicability. Sidonie flinched not nor looked upon him as he hung over her with a spelling-book at arm's reach above them, yet the pause that followed seemed to speak dismay, and throughout the class there was a silent recoil from something undiscovered by the master. But an instant later Sidonie had chosen between the two horns of her agonizing dilemma and began, I-N-E-N, C-O-M, com in com in com pre p r e pre in com pre in com pre hen pre hen h e n hen hen in com pre hen c s i c in com pre hen c b i l Ah, Sidonie, stop! Arrête! Sidonie! Oh, listen! Écoutez, Sidonie, my dear! The master threw his arms up in distraction, then suddenly faced his visitor. Sir, it was my blame. I spoke the word without adequate distinction. Sidonie, maintenant, now! But a voice in the audience interrupted with, Assez, vous la chatouez! Sit down, yonder! and at the potent voice of Maximian Roussel the offender was pushed silently into the seat he had risen from, and Bonaventure gave the word again. Incomprehensicability. And Sidonie, blushing like fire, returned to the task. I an in. She bit her lip and trembled. Right, right. "'Tremble not, my Sidonie, fear not, your loving school-teacher is at thy side.' But she trembled like a red leaf as she spelled on, "'H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-E-N-H-
His strong figure was mounted on a chair, and he was making a gentle, commanding gesture with one hand as he called, "'Seat down, seat down, all hand!' And all sank down, Bonaventure in a mass of weeping and clinging children. Mien, too, resumed his seat, at the same time waving to the stranger to speak. "'My friends,' said the visitor, rising with alacrity, I say when a man makes a bargain he ought to stick to it. He paused for them, as many as could, to take in the meaning of his English speech, and it may be expecting some demonstration of approval. But dead silence reigned, all eyes on him save Bonaventure's and Sidonie's. He began again, A bargain's a bargain, and Chateauet nodded approvingly and began to say audibly, Yes, but Mian thundered out, Tais-toi, Chatouet, shut up! And the silence was again complete, while the stranger resumed. There was a plain bargain made. He moved a step forward and laid the matter off on the palm of his hand. There was to be an examination. The school was not to know. But if one scholar should make one mistake, the schoolhouse was to be closed and the schoolmaster sent away. "'Well, there's been a mistake made, and I say a bargain's a bargain.' Dead silence still. The speaker looked at Mian. "'Do you think they understand me?' "'They make out,' said Mian, and shut his firm jaws. "'My friends,' said the stranger once more, "'some people think education's a big thing, and some think it ain't. "'Well, sometimes it is, and sometimes it ain't. "'Now here's this man,' he pointed down to where Bonaventure's disheveled crown was drooping to his knees, "'claims to have taught over thirty of your children to read. "'Well, what of it? "'A man can know how to read and be just as no account as he was before. "'He brags that he's taught them to talk English. "'Well, what does that prove? "'A man might speak English and starve to death. "'He claims, I am told, to have taught some of them to write.' "'But I know a man in the penitentiary that can write. "'He wrote too much.' "'Bonaventure had lifted his head "'and was sitting with his eyes upon the speaker in close attention. "'At this last word he said, "'Ah, sir, too true, too true are your words. "'Nevertheless their cruelty. "'Tis not what is print in the books, "'but what you learn through the books.' "'Yes, and so you hadn't never ought to have made the bargain you made. "'But, my friends, a bargain's a bargain, and the teachers—' "'He paused invitingly, and an answer came from the audience. "'It was Catou who rose and said, "'No, sir, no, he don't got to go.' "'But again Mian thundered, "'Tais-toi, Catou, shut up.' "'I say,' continued the stranger, "'the mistake's been made.' Three mistakes have been made.' "'Yes,' roared Chateauet, leaping to his feet and turning upon the assemblage a face fierce with triumph. Suspense and suspicions were past now. He was to see his desire on his enemy. But instantly a dozen men were on their feet, Saint-Pierre, Catou, Bonaventure himself, with a countenance full of pleading deprecation, and even Claude flushed with anger.' "'No, sir, no, sir, one mistake?' "'Sit down, all hand,' yelled Mian. "'All hand, sit down!' 
Only Chateau took his seat, glancing upon the rest with the exultant look of one who can afford to yield ground. The first mistake, resumed the stranger, addressing himself especially to the risen men still standing, and pointedly to Catou, the first mistake was in the kind of bargain you made. He ceased, and passed his eyes around from one to another until they rested an instant on the bewildered countenance of Chateauet. Then he turned again upon the people who had sat down, and began to speak with the exultation of a man that feels his subject lifting him above himself. I came out here to show up that man as a fraud. But what do I find? A poor, unpaid, half-starved man that loves his thankless work better than his life, teaching what not one schoolmaster in a thousand can teach, teaching his whole school four better things than were ever printed in any school-book. How to study, how to think, how to value knowledge, and to love one another and mankind. What you'd ought to have done was to agree that such a school should keep open, and such a teacher should stay, if just one, one lone child should answer one single book question right. But as I said before, a bargain's a bargain. Hold on there, sit down, you shan't interrupt me again. Men were standing up on every side. There was confusion and a loud buzz of voices. The second mistake, the stranger made haste to cry, was thinking the teacher gave out that last word right. He gave it wrong. And the third mistake, he shouted against the rising commotion, was thinking it was spelt wrong. She spelt it right. And a bargain's a bargain. The schoolmaster stays. He could say no more. The rumble of voices suddenly burst into a cheer. The women and children laughed and clapped their hands, to two his feet also, and Bonaventure, flirting the leaves of a spelling-book till he found the place, looked, cried, Incomprehensibility! wheeled and dashed upon Sidonie, seized her hands in his as she turned to fly, and gazed speechlessly upon her, with the tears running down his face. Feeling a large hand upon his shoulder, he glanced around and saw Mian pointing him to his platform and desk. Thither he went. The stranger had partly restored order. Everyone was in his place. But what a change! What a gay flutter throughout the old shed! Bonaventure seemed to have bathed in the fountain of youth. Sidonie, once more the school's queen-flower, sat calm, with just a trace of tears adding a subtle something to her beauty. "'Children, beloved children,' said Bonaventure, standing once more by his desk, "'your school-teacher has the blame of the sole mistake, and, sir, gladly, oh, gladly, sir, would he always have the blame rather than any of his beloved school-children. Sir, I will boldly ask you, are you not the state superintendent public education?' No, I... But surely, sir, then a greater? Yes, I discover it, though you smile. Children, friends, not the state superintendent, but greater. Pardon, have your chair, sir. Why, the examination's over, isn't it? Guess you'd better call it finished, hadn't you? 
He made the suggestion softly, but Bonaventure answered aloud, "'Figuratively speaking, tis conclude, but, pardon, you mention writing, shall you part from us not known, not leaving your name in a copy-book, for example?' "'With pleasure. You do teach writing?' "'If I teach writing, to such with desks, yes, t'would be to all but for the privation of desks.' "'You perceive how we have here nothing less than a desk famine. "'Madeleine, Claude, Sidonie, present copy-book. "'Sir, do you not think every child should be provided a desk? "'Ah, I knew twould be your verdict. "'But how great trouble I have with that subject. "'Me, I think, yes, but the parents,' "'he looked tenderly over among them, "'they contend no. "'Now, sir, here are three copy-books.' inspect criticize no commence rather if you please with the copy-book of madeleine then proceed to the copy-book of claude and finally conclude at the copy-book of sidonie thus rising by degrees good more good most good how about asked the stranger with a smile as he turned the leaves about tutu and cribiche don't they write "'Ah, sir,' said Bonaventure, half to the stranger and half to the assemblage, "'they write, yes, but they are yet in the pot-hook and chicken-track stage. "'And now, children, in honour of our eminent friend's visitation "'and the excellence with which you have been examined, "'I pronounce the exhibition finish, dispensing with twink-twink lil' star. "'And now, in the book of the best writing scholar in the school,' you sir deciding that intricacy shall now be written the name of the eminent friend of learning herein before confronting claude a new pen the stranger made his choice among the books children he has select the book of sidonie bonaventure reached and swung a chair into place at his desk the visitor sat down bonaventure stood over him gazing down at the hand that poised the pen the silence was profound. "'Children, shh, shh, shh,' said the master, lifting his left arm but not his eyes. The stranger wrote a single initial. "'G! Children, G! Sir, does it not signify George?' "'Yes,' murmured the writer, "'it stands for George.' He wrote another. "'W, my children! George W!' "'Sir, does it not sig—' "'My children! George Washington! George Washington, my children! George Washington, the father of his country! My children and fellow-citizen of Grand Point, he is nominated for George Washington, the father of his country! Sir, are you not a relation?' "'I really can't tell you,' said the writer with a calm smile. "'I've always been too busy to look it up.' He finished his signature as he talked. Bonaventure bent over it. Tar-box! Children and friends and fellow-citizen, I have the proudness to introduce you the Honorable George Washington Tar-box. And now the exhibition is dismissed. But stop, sir, if some, or all, desire gratefully to shake hand, I shall feel honored. "'Attention, everybody, make rank. "'Everybody by two by two. "'The school-children coming last. "'Claude and Sidonie resting till the end. "'Pass round, shake hand, walk out, 
simila a funeral. So came, shook hands, and passed out and to their simple homes, the manhood, motherhood, maidenhood, childhood of Grand Point, not knowing that before many days every household in the village was to be a subscriber to the album of universal information. One of the last of the householders was Chatouet, but when he grasped the honored hand he also held it, fixing upon its owner a generous and somewhat bacchanalian smile. "'I'm a fool, but I know. You been put up a job on me. Das four five days now I been trying to make out what dat nigger at Belle Alliance hollered to me when I galloped down de road.' Chatouet's English had been acquired from Negroes in the sugar-house, and was like theirs. "'He been bragging dat day before,' turning to Bonaventure, "'how twas him show you de road to Grand Point last year, "'and so I get mad and tell him, me,' addressing the stranger again, "'how we gon' get school shut up. "'Well, dat night I met him comin' from Grand Point, and he holla at me. "'I been try ever since make out what he say.' yes and i just make it out he say watch out watch out mien roussel and dat book feller don't put up job on you well i'm a fool but i know you put up job on me i know but dat's all right i don't take no book he laughed with the rest scratched his tipsy head and backed out through the pew only a fairy number remained, grouped around the Honorable Tarbox. They were Saint-Pierre, Bonaventure, Maximian, detaining a middle-aged pair, Sidonie's timorous guardians, and two others, who held back, still waiting to shake hands. "'Claude!' cried Bonaventure. "'Sidonie!' They came. Claude shook hands and stepped aside. Sidonie, with eyes on the ground, put forth her hand. The honored guest held it lingeringly, and the ceremonies were at an end. Come, said Mian, beckoning away the great G.W.'s probable relative. They passed out together. Come, he repeated, looking back and beckoning again. Joaquin, all hand, Joaquin house. The guardian pair followed hand in hand. Claude, said Bonaventure tenderly, but Claude, more firmly said Saint-Pierre. The boy looked for one instant from the master's face to Sidonie's, then turned, grasped his father's hand, and followed the others. A blaze of light filled Bonaventure's heart. He turned to Sidonie to give his hand. Both her hands were clasped upon each other, and they only tightened. But their eyes met. Ah, those Acadian maidens, they do it all with their eyes and lover and maiden passed out and walked forth side by side. They are going that way still, only, with hands joined. End of Part 2, Chapter 11